Hey, New Life. Happy Wednesday. We are here to bring you a little bit of encouragement and to study the Bible together for the next couple of minutes. Um, I'm so proud of you for choosing to prioritize a few minutes of your day, a, a really negligible amount of time as far as the entirety of your week is concerned, to study the Bible. Because there's reading the Bible and then there's studying the Bible. And what I'd like to do today is make sure that we're equipped to study the Bible. And so uh, what we're doing right now is we're in the middle of a series called Bible Hacks. Uh, Last week we talked about why we need the Bible and we'll review that in just a minute here. And then this week we're talking about how to navigate the Bible. And so I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm Pastor Trin, I'm your Lathrop Campus Pastor, and I'm very, very excited to be here with you today. Would you pray with me as we get ready to start this Bible study? God, we welcome you here. Lord, um, I ask you to be in the place that each believer is as they're uh, listening to and watching and interacting with this Bible study. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate what needs to be illuminated so that we can understand you and get to know you more, whether this is our, our uh, first time or whether we're inexperienced with the Bible or whether we're very used to using it, God. Um, so I just ask that you be here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're talking about um, the Bible. We're talking about Bible hacks. And so here's what I'd like to know today. Tell me uh, in the comments, whenever you're watching this, and hopefully right now, tell me where is your favorite place to read the Bible? Where is your favorite place to read the Bible? Do you have a favorite comfy chair? Do you prefer to go outside when you read the Bible? Is there a, a specific spot in your house or a specific spot somewhere else that you really enjoy reading the Bible. I know for me, every time we go on vacation, I aim to find somewhere nice to read the Bible because part of vacation is enjoying something that we don't always get to enjoy. So I'll find a, a spot on the beach or I'll find a spot maybe on the patio that I'm able to do that. Where do you like to read the Bible? I would love to hear a little bit more about that. And watching your... Uh, watching your comments as I'm able to. I I may not see them all. Um, But where is your favorite place to read the Bible? As you're thinking about that, um, remember that there's a couple tools that make Bible study a little bit easier. One of them is uh, paper, some kind of notebook, something real old school to write some notes down on, notes about what God is uh, speaking to you and notes about what you find. There's a, um, a link, a psychological link between handwriting something and how it gets into your brain. And so that's a neat thing. Um, and then, you know, pens are helpful in the writing process as well. Highlighters are a great way to interact with your Bible. And then you'll need a Bible. Um, You can use a print Bible. You can use a digital Bible on your device or on your computer. Um, There's lots of different ways now to interact with the Bible. You just need to find what works best for you. What works for someone might not work for someone else, Um, but just find the best way that you can to interact with the Bible. Last week, uh, we talked about why we need the Bible. I wanna remind you of two very important scriptures. The first one is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, 
correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and I, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scripture is written to help us, to equip us to do the work of God. Um, And that means that different scriptures might have different uses and they might have different uses at different times. Uh, Perhaps the um, uh, correcting, perhaps to teach us, excuse me here for a second, Uh, perhaps even to rebuke us and certainly to train us. Um, And then the other scripture that I want to remind you of from last week is Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God, that's the Bible, is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's incredible that one text would be able to do that. And we know um, that that's true because even Jesus himself used the Holy Scriptures when he was here on earth. We talked about how he was tempted in the wilderness. Excuse me here for just a second. I might need a handheld. Thank you. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he used scripture to fight temptation. We talked about how Jesus had it in two ways. He had it deep in his mind. He had it memorized. He knew the words of scripture, but he also had it deep in his heart. He understood it. And so even when the enemy came trying to twist what was going on, uh, trying to twist the words of scripture and use it to manipulate Jesus, he wasn't fooled because he didn't just have it in his mind, but he had an understanding of it in his heart. And that's what we committed to doing. We made a mind goal, uh, focusing on getting scripture in our mind uh, by memorizing it, by meditating on it. And then we made a heart goal last week. And the heart goal was a, a plan for reading the Bible in some way every day, because something can't sink deep into our hearts if we're not interacting with it on a regular basis. So um, I'd love to hear, I'd love to know, um, and I look forward to reading those comments. How, what were your experiences with that this week? Thank you so much. What was your experience with that this week? Uh, What kinds of things did you learn uh, about scripture? What kinds of things did you learn about yourself, uh, about maybe how you interact with the text with with scripture? I would love to know what your experience was. And then we talked about the format of the Bible just briefly. So I want to review with you uh, really quick. The Bible is divided into 66 books in two parts, the Old Testament, which is the beginning of the world all the way up to Jesus uh, or just before Jesus. And then the New Testament, which describes at the beginning of it, Jesus. And then it actually goes all the way through to prophecy about the end time. It's not chronological. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but those are the two main uh, divisions, the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. This all sounds like a lot of fact, doesn't it? But we're going to talk about it today as why these facts are helpful for us. Um, There are about 40 main contributors to scripture, plenty of different people, um, and we haven't even identified them all, but it was all written by the Holy Spirit's leading and directly from God. I want to remind you of 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. It says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
And so when we interact with the Bible in whatever method we're doing it, whether we're listening to an audio Bible, whether we're reading it on our device, whether we're reading a print Bible, whether we're hearing it read in church or in our homes, however we're interacting with the text, we must remember that it's, remember, alive and active. It's written by the Holy Spirit, and that means it can have layers of meaning. That means that what it means to us at one time, God might have something else to reveal to us at another time. It means that it has something new for us every single day, which is why interacting with it every day is so important. But interacting with something that we don't understand can be very difficult. And so that's why I want to spend just a few minutes this morning talking about how to interact, how to navigate the Bible. Remember, if this is something you've been doing forever, review is important. You can always learn something new, and a lot of times we've fallen into habits or ruts in how we interact with the Bible and even God, and getting a fresh new perspective can often be the trigger that we need to have a fresh new vision and new calling from God. That's how revival starts, not by doing the same thing the same way every day forever, but by listening for a fresh word from God. And so whether this is the first time that this has been laid out for you, um, I would call this almost like a, a Bible reading for dummies, okay? So really basic, like how, how, what is this book set up? How am I supposed to navigate things? And if that's something you feel like, I learned that decades ago, listen, you might find something else that's helpful today, something that you knew that you no longer remember or something that you missed along the way. So let's dive into this. Uh, one thing that's really helpful helpful uh, when you're looking at the Bible, and for some people this is second nature, and for many people it could be your first time hearing it, is how a reference works in the Bible. A reference is how to find something in the Bible. A reference. So a reference looks like this. Book, chapter, verse. And again, if you've been doing this forever, uh, you may have figured it out on your own or, or you might um, be, you know, might be something that you didn't even remember learning. You've just always known how to do that. But if this is your first time interacting with the book and you're having trouble finding things or somebody is always talking about Jeremiah 29 11 and you don't even know what that means. Is that kind of code for something? It's a reference is what it is. So taking that scripture, Jeremiah is the book. Okay, so Jeremiah's over there, 66 books in the Bible. Jeremiah happens to be in the Old Testament. There's a table of contents at the beginning of your Bible uh, or on your digital Bible that tells you the books of the Bible. And so you would be going to Jeremiah and then the chapter, each book is separated into chapters. They're usually noted by larger numbers throughout the text. So Jeremiah 29, I'd be going flipping through to the 29th chapter and then there's smaller numbers throughout the text that split what we're reading up into verses. So I would go all the way to verse 11. It's like when a teacher tells you to go to page 29, line 4, or go to section 5, uh, chapter 2, right? 
So all it is is a way to navigate the Bible. Because we're all reading from different versions, remember we talked about different translations of the Bible. Uh, some of us may have small print or large print or large margin or study Bibles. Um, our digital Bibles, of course, don't even have pages. It's not something where we're all reading from the exact same edition of the exact same textbook, where you can say, go to page four and read this with me. So this is a system that was added in after the scripture was written that is just a reference system so that we're all on the same page. When I tell you I want to study Jeremiah 29 11, you're able to look at the exact same scripture inspired by the exact same uh, Holy Spirit written by the exact same author, whether we're reading from different versions or, or different uh, methods or not. So that's all that is, is a reference, right? And it seems simple but it's something that is so important for us to understand. By the way, um, there's different, what I would call levels of finding books of the Bible. I, I would call three levels, kind of, like video game levels. So if you're a level one novice, you're a table reader. You're using the table of contents. You're flipping to the first couple pages of your Bible and you're looking and it's telling you, okay, Jeremiah is located on page 427 and you're flipping over there. And that's great. By the way, Digital Bibles are a great tool. I really believe in them. They're important. I think they make the Bible more portable and shareable than they ever have before. But if you're someone that has switched to a digital Bible over the past few years, you may have lost this skill and ability to navigate the Bible. You might have actually regressed a little bit to a table reader um, because you're somebody that's so used to opening the app and clicking on the chapter that you want that you're not actually navigating the Bible. And that's okay. But the navigation part is important. And so it might be something you want to brush up on every now and then, like an old skill that you don't want to let go of. Um, so you might be a table reader. Level two is what I would call tips and tricks. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute is some hacks, some tips and tricks to be able to find, kind of know intuitively where that is in my Bible. And that's what we're aiming for, not for anything other than we just want to be familiar with the Bible. We want to be familiar with this book that God has given us that is good for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So that's what we're aiming for, is whatever level we're on, we want to jump up a level and then we want to avoid regressing a level by getting lazy with our Bible reading. It really is a discipline, a self-discipline. So Again, some of these are old news to you, maybe old hat to you, and some of them might be like, you know, light bulb moments. But I want to talk a little bit about that middle level, those tips and tricks, because there really are, I would call them hacks that help you be able to navigate the Bible. The first one is this, it's tabs. Oh, I spoke last week about how we used to do sword drills in uh, Sunday school, and the teacher used to say, Bible's down, and we weren't allowed to wear gloves. Some kids cheated with that. You know, uh, David, one of our pastors on staff here, said that he was one of those cheaters, and uh, he, uh, but, but you weren't allowed to do that, and they would call out a reference, and we as like eight-year-old kids would see who could flip there first, um, and we were never, ever allowed to use tabs. My Sunday school teachers would have called that cheating, but 
but I call it a tool. I call it a tip and a trick. There are removable tabs. They're just like sticky notes that you can buy and inserting your Bible or some Bibles actually come with them. And they can be temporary. They, you know, come off. You can get them at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. And they, they're reference tabs for the side of your Bible so that you can quickly navigate which book you want to go to. So that would be, uh, you know, a tip or a trick. Another one would be landmarks. There are some landmarks in your Bible, especially in your physical Bible, that can kind of help you figure stuff out. One of them would be Psalm. Uh, Psalms is a huge book in the Old Testament. It has 150 chapters. And so this isn't a perfect science, but statistically, if you take a print Bible that is a whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and you open it to about the middle, statistically, you're going to open somewhere in Psalms. And so if someone goes to Psalms, that was always a big tip or trick or hack in Sunday school, is you would just open to the middle of your Bible and change Chances are you are at or somewhere very close to the book of Psalms. Uh, another one is the Old Testament and New Testament. If you become familiar in your Bible with where the Old Testament ends and the New Testament begins, that can be a really good starting point for you, especially if you're trying to navigate to one of the Gospels. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the first four books of the New Testament, and they're the accounts of Jesus. Uh, so we spend a lot of time there as Christians, and that can be a quick way to find it's a landmark. If you know that you need to go to one of the Gospels and you're familiar with where the New Testament begins, then you're going to be able to get there quicker. You're going to be able to get there with more ease. Uh, another one is the books of Moses or the Pentateuch. Okay, the Pentateuch is a big word. It's just the first five books of the Bible. Penta, the first five. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are the very first five books of the Bible. So if you ever hear any of those books referenced, you know to go pretty much to the very beginning. So that's another tip or trick would be landmarks. You use tabs, you can use landmarks. Another one, and this is kind of silly, but another one is songs. Another one is songs. When I was a kid, we always had Bible music going at our house. And now that I have children, we operate the same way because songs are a way for us to absorb information uh, to a beat, to a rhythm, to a melody that can sometimes get it in our head a little better. You've had songs stuck in your head before. You know how that goes. There are uh, commercial jingles that you could finish from years and years ago. Those commercials haven't aired in forever, but, but the jingle is always stuck there, right? And so, that's how Bible songs work. Now, this was when I was a kid. If you're an adult, it might feel a little weirder now, but it's still a good way to absorb scripture. Um, and there are some really good, really well done uh, Bible scripture songs and, and uh, Bible books of the Bible songs. I can do all 66 books of the Bible in order um, with the song that I learned when I was a very young kid. And uh, I've always loved that song. And so you have that song in your head and someone tells you to turn to Philippians. Well, you just run the song real quick and you can kind of figure out where to go. Um, I, I want to give a side note. We absorb more. It's a proven fact. Our minds absorb more when we're kids. 
Uh, my mom is a child development expert. That's what she went to school for. And um, it is uh, amazing to me that she never told us when we were kids, hey, you're going to memorize the books of the Bible. You're going to memorize these specific verses. You're going to learn Spanish. <laughs> it was one of the ways that she did this. But every time we were in the car or every time we were hanging out at home, there were cassette tapes going that had all sorts of different things she wanted us to learn just going. And she would just play the music. And it's amazing to me. I can tell you the books of the Bible by song. I can actually tell you the days of the week in Spanish by song. At one point, I could do the times tables up to 10 by 10 in song <laughs> because she just had them playing all the time. And so if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, kids that you love, just putting that stuff on around the house can sometimes get it deeper in our minds. Because remember, it's got to be deep in our minds and it's got to be deep in our hearts. Some of this sounds silly, doesn't it? It sounds uh, maybe rudimentary to you, but it has to be deep in our minds and it has to be deep in our hearts. And then one of the last little tips and tricks would be the digital Bible. One of the cool things about the digital Bible is it lays things out. So if you're a visual learner, um, you're able to kind of see in a row how everything fits together because there's a method to why the Bible was put in the order that it was. Listen, the world seems smaller once we've traveled in it. The world seems smaller once we've traveled in it. Uh, as a child, you look at a map of the United States of America and it's daunting. But once you've gone on some trips, once you've moved around a little bit, once you've done some traveling, you kind of get a better glimpse of how it all fits together. It, it doesn't get any smaller. It, it doesn't get any less vast, but you understand it better because you've been around it. The Bible can seem overwhelming. And especially to new believers or those that are new to studying the Bible, it can seem overwhelming. But you know what I've learned uh, over my years in ministry and working with people and loving people and doing life with people is there are a lot of people that just kind of remained stuck at the idea that the Bible is too big to navigate. And so they still have this internal voice for however many years they've been walking with the Lord that says, well, I can't really study the Bible. I, I don't understand it. It's too big. There's some safe passages. I know I'm okay in maybe Psalms and Proverbs. And, and if the pastor tells me where to go, I like the stories that are, you know, in, in the gospels, in the New Testament about Jesus. But, but the rest of it is just too far beyond me. And that's not true. If you have decided to follow Jesus, you are a servant of God. He has good works for you to do, and he wants to equip you to do those good works. And every word in scripture was written for you. So you have a right and a responsibility to understand and be able to navigate these scriptures. You can, and you need to. It's important, and I gotta tell you, it's not boring. That's another one of those voices that can be in the back of our head that, uh, that scripture is boring, that it's something we do out of obligation. But I'm telling you, once you receive the fact that it is alive and active, reading the Bible becomes a supreme privilege. Uh, and getting to know more about how to navigate it, learning those tips and tricks and becoming faster at getting through it and, and understanding it and navigating it, it becomes fun. It becomes an adventure. Life with God should be an adventure. And that's what I want for you. That's what 
what I want for me. That's what I want for our church at such a time as this. And that's why I think Bible hacks are important. And so uh, we just have just a couple more minutes together today. Um, And so I just want to remind you, just encourage you one more time. It's got to be deep in our minds and it's got to be deep in our hearts. That means we have to put in the time. Anything worth doing is worth doing well and often. I'm going to say that again. Anything worth doing is worth doing well and often. That means we do it often enough that we become familiar with it and we do it well enough that there's value to the time that we're putting into it. Anything worth doing is worth doing well and often. And so we have to spend time putting in the discipline to read the Bible, to soldier through the passages that we don't understand, to do the study, to start to understand them, to dive deeper and and dig for the treasures that God has for us and to apply what we're learning. And that's the part where it gets deep into our hearts, where we understand the scripture and it begins to transform who we are and and how we think and what we do. It's one thing to know, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. But it's a whole other thing when that starts to get deep in your heart and day after day, you choose. You know what, God, you said, and I believe that in this situation, If I don't want wrath, I should employ a soft answer because if I use a harsh word, it will stir up anger and I begin to think about the words that come out of my mouth and I begin to choose a soft answer over a harsh word. That's when it gets deep into our hearts. But it can't be deep in our hearts if it's not deep in our minds. If we haven't been studying the scripture, we won't have anything to apply. And so this is so important. And I got to tell you, if you're at the beginning of your journey with Jesus, if if you're new to this or re-new to this, you've come back to him, this is something that is so important. I encourage you to start right away. If this is something you've been doing for a long time, how can you go deeper? He has more for you. You never reach the top level of Christianity where you can just coast to the end. If that were true, he would have taken you home by now. But he has more for you. And if this is something you've become lazy in, something that you used to do or you used to really value, but it's not something that you put so much into anymore, now's the time. Wake up, sleeper. It's time to dive deeper into what God has for you. So I told you last week to set a mind goal and a heart goal because they have to work in tandem. Otherwise, they're not helpful. There are scholars all over the world that have the biblical scriptures in their mind. They study them, but it's not in their hearts, and so it doesn't do anything for them. But... It can't be in our hearts. We can't have any real understanding or ability to apply it if it's not first in our mind. So last week we set a mind goal that was to memorize a scripture, to choose one passage in the Bible, one scripture, one single reference in the Bible to memorize, to write up all over the place and get deep, repeat to ourselves, write out if we need to. There's a psychological connection between handwriting and getting it deeper in your brain. 
And so that was the assignment last week. If you did it, first of all, tell me how it went. But second of all, choose a second additional scripture. Don't ditch the one from last week, but choose an additional one. Maybe it's the next verse or maybe it's a totally different one. And if you didn't, today's the day. So that's the mind goal. We're getting it deep in our minds. And then there is the heart goal. The heart goal last week was to make a plan to daily get into scripture. Daily get into scripture. If you've ever struggled with your health in any way, uh, maybe with your weight or with your cardiovascular ability or, uh, or your eating or anything like that, there are some answers that become pat. How can I lose weight? I'll never be able to lose weight. You need to drink water, eat more vegetables, and cut out simple carbohydrates. Yeah, but how can I lose more weight? Look at me. You need to drink more water, eat more vegetables, and cut out simple carbohydrates. How can I get closer to God? Look at me. You need to read your Bible every day. No, quit looking for the magic bullet that's going to make it easier. This is something that we need to do. Read your Bible every day. So if you found a method that works for you, commit to continuing. And if you didn't find a method that works for you, commit to trying a different one until you figure it out. Figure out what works for you. A lot of people like to use a trigger, like I'm not allowed to get out of bed in the morning until I've read my Bible or, or I can't eat breakfast. Mine for years has been, I will not check my email until I first read my Bible. And since a lot of the work that I do is centered in email and, and it's a requirement of a lot of the jobs that I do, that really uh, puts a spur in my boot to get my Bible read every day because I cannot check those emails until I've read my Bible. Maybe it's I can't eat my lunch until I've read it on my lunch break or I won't go to bed uh, until I've read my Bible every single day, a trigger, um, something like that. Figure out what doesn't work for you too. Uh, you know, uh, I won't get out of bed in the morning until I've read my Bible works unless you're falling asleep every day instead of reading your Bible. Uh, so find what works and what doesn't and commit to a heart goal. So your mind goal is to read a scripture, meditate on it and memorize it this week. Your heart goal is to put a workable plan into place to be reading the Bible every single day. There is no one that is not ready for this, that is not to this level yet, and there is no one that is beyond this. Church, this is a challenge for me. It's a challenge for you. It's a challenge for those that have been walking with Christ for a long time and those that have just come to know Him and everywhere in between because all Scripture is God-breathed and we need it in our lives. I am so proud to be part of this church, and I'm so thankful that you took these few minutes with me here in the very middle of our week to dive deeper into the Word of God.